With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Bob Thompson, rock star that we have on Realignment and More, joins us on 365 Sports. Well, Bob, here we maybe go again. Yeah, it kind of seems that way. Good afternoon, guys. You too. Glad to be back with you. I hope that the National Signing Day and the Transfer Portal granted all your wishes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, now that it's over, yeah, at least some of it is, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So here we are again talking the infamous grant of rights agreement. It appears certainly that the CFP snub might have been the straw that broke the camel's back for FSU, and it certainly sounds like they're going to talk about challenging it. So, Bob, um, tomorrow, what uh, importance or what do you take away? I mean, there's a lot of these reports floating around. It's, they're going to challenge it, but what does that mean in the, in the big picture? What is your reaction to, to that move by Florida State? Well, I think they've got to figure out what they're, if, they're, if they're going to challenge it to try and actually have it uh, termed unenforceable um, or if they're going to challenge it under the terms, under the expectation that they want to, they want to negotiate an exit. Um, those are probably the two, the two, two things that could happen or the two approaches that they could take. I'd be surprised if they went for some sort of conference dissolution or, you know, anything along those lines. But it, it certainly can become a, a method to negotiate a, an, an early exit uh, and then it just becomes, you know, about the money. And I, the other thing that I'm interested to see is how everybody reacts. Um, the TV folks, the other conferences, you know, they still have to be, you know, they got to land somewhere unless they're going to go independent. Uh, how the ACC reacts, how the other schools in the ACC react. I think a lot of that's going to be very telling. Um, a lot of it, you know, if, if these agreements are deemed unenforceable, um, you know, they're all the same. I mean, it's, it's amazing how close each of these grant of rights agreements read. I mean, it's like somebody copied them and just 
changed the name of the conference. Mm-hmm. They're very short. They're not real specific. So there's a ton of room for interpretation and, you know, different ways that they can be looked at, you know, glass half full, glass half empty. And so I think the reaction of, of the other element, you know, the other parties involved in, in these grant of rights agreements, regardless of the conference, is going to be really interesting to see. If someone eventually breaks one, and Texas OU, of course, they made the announcement, or that came out, what, a couple of summers ago, and eventually they negotiated what they did with your mark in the, in the Big 12. But let's say somebody actually wins this. Is everybody else around the country going to go, why the hell didn't we do that earlier? Well, there'll probably be some some people who will be second guessing some decisions they made, um, but no one's really tried to skate this early. I mean, the, the grant of rights didn't exist until some you know schools got blocked. You know, ACC got victimized by the Big Big Ten with Maryland and some of those type of moves, and they, and they the, the broadcast guys decided they needed some protection and. While the broadcast folks aren't a party to these agreements, their, their, their television agreements are specifically mentioned in the, the body of the agreements. And it gives the TV guys a comfort level that they're going to get the games that they bargained for. And then you get to the contracts and the, the compilate, you know, what the composition of the conference is very specifically laid out. And there's, you know, there's uh, clauses that are put into effect depending on people, you know, people might, come into the conference and people might leave the conference and there's, there's uh, clauses that cover those things, but to have the whole grant of rights blown up is, you know, that, that would be, that would be serious, serious problem. Bob, why would ESPN from your estimation, I know we're, we're, I mean, this story, Florida state's been talked about for probably going on about a year now, but it's all, you know, seemingly starting to happen now. But why would ESPN, who has the ACC already under their umbrella, um, why would they be willing to uh, help facilitate or encourage a move in any way, you know, where you see a, a dissolution of the ACC or a Florida State moving to the SEC? Because that's one of the parts here that um, you see people bring up, well, ESPN would want to do this. Where, where would you see that angle sort of coming from and how that would make sense on their end? Well, the, the first angle is they don't want them in the Big Ten or Fox. There you go. Yeah, that's not that's number one, and I think certainly you know if they went to the SEC, certainly ESPN has a continued you know continuing relationship with the SEC. Now they'd be coming in at twice as much money though, and that's you know that's no good for ESPN. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they got it, end up picking up a couple others, you know you're going from thirty to seventy million per school for everybody who comes into the SEC. So. Um, and I, and I think the ACC blowing up or imploding would not be good for ESPN because they, they have the ACC network, which, you know, makes them some money and they, they need the content. You know, they've got four channels, whatever they're running, and they're going to have a full time, you know, they got ESPN plus and they're going to have a direct consumer version of ESPN. So, you know, they live on events and to have the conferences kind of implode would, would not be helpful for them, but clearly they want to keep, FSU under their umbrella, regardless of what conference it is in. Bob, I was told it doesn't mean it's true, and I didn't. I I would mention that Florida State was going to start barking again before the end of the year, and I had somebody within college athletics tell me that. But they also mentioned to me, and I can't imagine this, but have you ever heard of 
For example, the grant of rights, the ACC and its ESPN, not Florida State and ESPN, but that ESPN might have a kick-in clause or opt-out clause in the next two to five years, and it's their opt-out and not the ACC's opt-out. Let's say they do, and one, have you ever heard of that? And number two, why would they do that even if they had that opportunity? I have never heard of that in any collegiate deals. There's other deals that have walkaways. Uh, for example, it's the, the Apple deal with the MLS. They can walk after a couple of years if they're not happy. So, but I, I have not heard that. I, I don't know why. You know, the, this new S, the new ACC deal that they're working under now that extended through 2036. That was done around 2017 for the sole purpose of launching the network. Uh, the ACC network and, and ESPN wanted to know that if they were going to launch that network and go through all that expense and cost that they were going to have that for a, you know, a long period of time. And that's hence the deal goes through 2036 so that they can recoup that investment. So I, I have not heard or seen a college deal that had uh, a give TV guy the right to unilaterally walk after some period of time. So, uh, we have a chat that goes on to the side of the show, and a lot of times it's about what we're talking about or the topics of the day or sometimes just back and forth on other stories. So the SEC, when they added Texas and Oklahoma, you remember the uh, reaction by A&M was, what the you-know-what? South Carolina and Florida are in the SEC. You would think they would not want Clemson or Florida State in the SEC. But it, I think, also has to be a unanimous vote. If everybody in the higher levels of the SEC wants them, would they not, like, it was going to happen no matter what, like with Texas and Oklahoma? And I don't know if the OU Texas brand, we're not, we're not, Florida State Clemson's big, but it's not Oklahoma, Texas. What are your thoughts about right. that? Well, the conferences are usually pretty good about making every vote seem as though it was unanimous. Um, the the one that kind of ran foul of that was the whole ACC expansion where there was, you know, several schools, Florida State, Clemson among them, who voted against the expansion, uh, the addition of SMU and Cal and Stanford. But, I mean, I can understand why Florida and uh, South Carolina wouldn't be thrilled with it. Um, I think from the conference standpoint, you know, it, it probably – it doesn't help the SEC network a ton because they've already got clearance and all the in, in mm-hmm. Florida through through the Florida, you know, University of Florida and and, and the Gamecocks in South Carolina. Uh, so it would actually make better sense for the Big Ten, who doesn't have any distribution of the Big Ten network in Florida, or not significant in Florida or South Carolina. So you can see how the different pieces that come into play here. Um, I don't know if anyone in the SEC say it gets this, that far. And if the, there's going to be a majority, well, I don't know what the majority requirement is on a vote for expansion, uh, but it would come, it, it certainly would come out to the press as though it was unanimous and everybody's happy, even though there might be some folks who weren't too thrilled with the idea. During your time negotiating these deals and watching college football and these networks and grant of rights, et cetera, if you were the big 10 or from based on your knowledge, North Carolina, Virginia, Florida State, Clemson, looking at it from the Big Ten's perspective, you just mentioned why that 
territorially wise would territorial wise would be good. Which of them do you think the Big Ten would rather have if they could pick two of those four? Uh, I've said for quite a while that uh, North Carolina and Virginia mm-hmm. fit the Big Ten model, and and it w- would provide them with um, you know additional distribution for the Big Ten network. Um, I think the Big Ten feels that they can recruit pretty well down in Florida, and that they don't need to have a school there necessarily. Um, so. I just think the the makeup of the of Virginia and UNC just fits the the culture of of the Big Ten uh, more easily than Clemson and FSU does. I think I think they're all great universities, and mm-hmm. I think um, they're they're all going to be you know wherever they end up, or even if they stay where they're at, they're going to be great partners. But I just think from the Big Ten standpoint, uh, UNC and Virginia would probably be my top choices. Bob, does this seem inevitable that we're headed, and maybe you already felt this way before, but especially now of, of the Super 2, as, as you know, the Power 2, as it's been referred to now for the past couple of years, really ever since the Oklahoma and Texas moves, but is this about what you foresaw, or is this maybe even a little bit quicker than you expected? What do you just kind of see amongst the landscape and, and where we're heading at the moment? I think, you know, I expected this to happen, but I expected it to happen. I mean, I expect this kind of the super conference to come about in 2030, 2031, you know, around the time where there's a number of TV rights deals all expiring at the same time. You have some, you know, you're not walking away or you're not having to cover deals that have five years to run on. I mean, the, the, the new big 12 deal hasn't even started yet. Hmm. (laughs) So it's got, got another year before it even starts. So, I think that in 2030, 2031, something like that, you could have some movement. And that's what I expected. And I, here, here's the problem. You, you, you've gone through realignment that, that made conferences grow. Well, now what you have to do is go through another round that makes the matchups better. Because if, if you want TV to pay more, you're going to have to have better matchups. And you, you guys saw it this year. This year. There were certain weeks but there wasn't great games, mm-hmm. you know, there, there wasn't great games that you would have if you were playing 10 conference games and you were in a conference that had the top 42 brands. You just didn't see that. And so the, the natural progression is to some sort of a super conference that goes above and beyond what currently exists. And I think that, you know, what Chip Kelly's been talking about has some, some serious merit to it in that everything you know their conferences still exist and certain members of the conference don't play in that top division but all the other sports you know go back to kind of the regionality that they used to and or maybe it's done with football and basketball and everything else stays the way it is but i think it's the only it's it's really the only conceivable next step is to create something that provides constantly good matchups and that you can run a NFL TV model against and you have a Saturday ticket instead of a Sunday ticket. And Mm. every game is always produced and every game's out there and you've got a game from noon till 1030 Eastern every Saturday. And there's Friday night games and there's, you know, there are games everywhere and the games are better. And that's, that's the next kind of key is how do you avoid the kind of the bad matchups and the 
and the slaughter games that you, you just don't want to have on TV because people, there's so many out there, people just change something up. Like Rutgers against Oregon? With all due respect to Rutgers, or games like that that are kind of hard to comprehend anyway? Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. And, you know, every conference has some schools that, you know, they're just not necessarily cut out to be football powers. And that's fine. And not everybody has to compete at that level. But for years, they've kind of just ridden along. And you're going to end up with one of two things. You, you see, like, what's happening in the ACC, where you have them looking to try and get uh, kind of unequal revenue sharing. They're asking, you know, we want a higher percentage, FSU said that, in the ACC because we're bringing the eyeballs and we're bringing the money. Why should Georgia Tech, um, you know, get paid the same amount as we do? Now, then that creates, you know, that, that creates a whole different level of issues because then you've got ADs politicking TV to be carried because the more games you get carried, you get um, – you get a higher percentage of the revenues and that, that they used to do that in the PAC 12 and it was a disaster. So um, that the, the only way is to kind of get into a conference with like-minded programs and, and programs that have the same appeal that, that the, all the major brands do and then pay them certain level. And then everybody else plays at the, you know, a division slightly lower, but it'll still have value and people's, I mean, it's like people go to Division Two games, and and you know all the different playoff games that the the smaller colleges have. People still show up, and people will still show up. It's not the end for college football if you're not in a Power Five conference. Do you miss right now? Would you love? I, I I started that wrong. Are you glad you're not in the business right now, or would this be something that you couldn't wait to be a part of? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, it's a, bad timing, you know, right before Christmas. Probably going to ruin a bunch of people's holidays would be my guess. But uh, yeah, you know, this is, this is what, you know, it's part of the fun of the business. And um, this is the, you know, if you're in the TV business, it's kind of, you live for these moments because you're sitting here thinking, okay, what should it be? what do we want it to be and you know what, what's the best way to get there and that's that's the tough part because you know this is this is people's lives involved in this stuff and um I, i'm sure that the conference and everybody at fsu and and everyone in the tv world has uh, a lot of thinking that's going to be done over the next few weeks depending on you know what the board of trustees ultimately decides to do tomorrow we talked to you a lot, uh, obviously, uh, you know, last year about the Pac-12, and we know how all of that ended, and and uh, there's still, you know, things being sorted out with Oregon State and Washington State. I mean, they're looking as of today with the, the most recent report about, you know, being in three different conferences all at the same time for their various sports. But, Bob, I see a lot of mention when it comes to, well, they should be in the Big 12, or the Big 12 should want them, or the ACC. And, you know, in particular with the Big 12, the, they could have the network is there a network to even be had at this point? How would that even work? I just see that mentioned often, and it confuses me a little bit. Um, the network is, is, for all intents and purposes, going to be done here at the end of the school year. The, the um, agreements with the distributors all expire um, with the TV rights deal 
at the at the end of the spring championship season. So, and, and my understanding is that they're they're nosing around about you know anybody interested in buying some equipment. Okay. So um, it's it's going to go away, and I can't imagine that the, the network will will live on. Now, certainly some of the assets of the network that reside in the schools will probably uh, be available, and and what OSU and WSU have, I'm sure they'll keep, and so that that would help them produce certain events. I think what they've put together as far as the three conferences is there is the best opportunity for them. While they kind of sort through what's left of the Pac-12 and figure out what the what the uh, assets are and and what the liabilities are because there's you know significant liabilities floating around uh, with the different NIL um, lawsuits and uh, employee lawsuits from uh, things like that that have to be dealt with and you can't you know take all the uh, assets without <laughs> worrying about what the liabilities are going to be but I think for them they're going to be all right especially if there's another round and, and it, you know with this FSU thing could trigger another round. And so for them to stay somewhat flexible and vigilant, I think would be very prudent for OSU and WSU because, you know, there may be a spot for them sooner rather than later, uh, depending on what happens with the, with the ACC. Last question. And I get confused sometimes. Diamond Sports Group, Bally Sports. I saw a note the other day that they're going to pay like 11 teams in baseball, but not an entire uh, I guess amount of money that they owe the Rangers, the World Champion Rangers. What's going on there since the last time we spoke with you? It's been a couple of months. Is that kind of going uh, as you thought with this being a mess on who gets a regional network and who doesn't, who gets paid, who doesn't? Well, it, it seems to be coming to a conclusion. I think that the NHL and the NBA have agreed to a deal through this season and, and, and we're probably getting paid somewhat a little bit less than what the contractual obligations are. And then at the end of the year, diamond would, those rights would revert from diamond or valleys, whatever you want to call it back to the leagues and the leagues would you know figure out what to do with them. Um, this baseball are working on a deal with them as well. They're not sure on the number of baseball teams at this point, but for the NBA and NHL, it seems to be set. And it, it appears as though, what Diamond's probably doing is they give all the rights back. They're getting out from under some contracts that probably have a number of years to run. And then I, my expectation is they'll, they'll go back in and bid on the ones that they want, you know, the larger markets that they think would, could continue to provide uh, the good possibility of success in the future. So I think some teams would be, be on the outside, you know, looking in, but there would certainly be um, some of the teams that would, you know, end up with some reconstituted, you know, regional network uh, for their games. But I can't, it's too, it's hard to say right now just exactly who that would be, but you got to get through this year. And I think if they can agree with the three leagues to not have any disruption for this season and pay some guaranteed percentage of the total rights due, that's the best, outcome for everybody because you know just walking away from deals that that's no good because then you've got teams that are have serious financial financial problems last time or i guess you know we're talking to you i guess the pretty regularly bob for a while there i mean sports rights fees left and right big money big money big money streamers gobbling up everything left and right 
Um, and there's a lot that's changed in the TV landscape since then. A lot of mergers, a lot of talked about mergers, a lot of money drying up. And towards the tail end, when we were talking about the pack, you were you you were mentioning like, hey, like there's there's the NBA coming up, there's the UFC coming up. Like there's only so much money to go around, and we know how that ultimately worked. But just how drastically different is? the big bonanza of sports rights fees and what's being paid and the money going around right now versus maybe what we saw even just a year ago. It's, it's changed. I mean, you could sort of see the handwriting on the wall with all the cord cutting and that's continued. And it, you know, there's a lot of people who believe it'll kind of settle down around 45, 50 million homes. And that's also probably about the time that ESPN goes, goes to market with a direct to consumer product. But there's been a lot of kind of re, reassessment as it relates to sports rights. And a couple of things, you're seeing uh, the, 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 the premium properties are still getting decent increases. The other, you know, maybe the next level down is not getting, you know, quite the percentage increases that they would have gotten in the past. I think the you know the NBA is the next one coming up. NASCAR just got done. They got a, they got a decent increase. Obviously, the NFL was done not too long ago, and they got a great increase, had very good timing because kind of before everything hit the fan, they, they were able to get their deal done. So then you got NHL coming up pretty soon in a couple of years, and then um, CFP, that's the big one that's hanging out there right now. Uh, UFC hanging out there right now. And so it's going to be interesting to see what the, the makeup of the deals are. I, I really think where in the past you used to have some level of exclusivity, I think you're going to find that games are on multiple places um, because you don't want as, you know, maybe you don't want as many games because you don't want to pay that much. Um, so you buy a partial package and then you, and maybe you share that another package with somebody else. And you, for instance, you look at the NASCAR, you've got the CW in it, you've got, um, there's like four people in it. You can see Amazon might be in it. Uh, help me out here. Fox and NBC are all, you know, four, four different outlets uh, for one property. And, you know, you have a certain period that's you, yours exclusively, but someone else carries a different part of the season. So you're going to see more of that. Uh, I think every deal is going to have a streaming element. And we're pretty much seeing that already. Um, you, you need to have, as, as I kind of said all along, you need to have, you need to dip your toe in it. I don't think you go a hundred percent at this point. Um, you look at the ratings on broadcast and, and, and cable, the, the ratings is, are still great. I mean, even though the, the number of subscribers has dropped like crazy, the, the ratings are still staying high, which tells you that, you know, most sports fans haven't dropped the bundle and are continuing to subscribe to either a satellite product or a internet product or a, uh, you know, linear cable type product that, that provides some bundled package of services because that's where all the sports are still. I mean, there's every once in a while you're going to get a game that, you know, like last week where we have Arizona and, uh, Purdue on Peacock. Yep. Oh boy. Here in Arizona, you have thought that it was the end of the world. Um, <laughs> Uh, it was a great game too, and but th you're going to have that, and, and and games are going to bleed over, and that's that's what they have to do because they've got to grow those businesses because the you know Wall Street it was all about subscribers for those streaming services. Well, now it's about when you're going to quit losing so much money, and so 
they're trying to make, you know, make that transition, which is tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, you know, it, it, it was bad going from over the air to cable, going from over the air and cable to streaming, the, the financial implications are huge and they've got to kind of get those businesses to a point where they're not uh, bleeding quite the level that they have been. All right. I know you need to go practice your swing. Uh, you'll be proud of me. You know, I'm not technologically very good, but I even learned how to use YouTube TV, Bob. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> I needed help to get it set up, but I, I tell you what, it's kind of interested in me a little bit. I pay a little bit more right now with that plus cable, but I, I'm learning on the fly how to kind of find the different ways to, to watch as I want to watch it, almost like my own little menu. Yeah, and somebody's going to make a lot of money if they figure out how to you know create some platform where everything is all in one place. Mm-hmm. So whatever you subscribe to is you know you have your own your, your own specific channel line just for everything you own. And I know some people have. Some of the cable companies are, are, are working on that type of a thing. And the sooner the better, because when you're flipping from platform to platform, you know, say from cable to, you know, something that's being streamed, it's not, it's just not as elegant as just hitting two buttons and, you know, you go from ESPN to Fox. Right. It's just, it's not, it's, just, it's a little clunky. So yep. they'll, they'll get it figured out. Bob, thank you as always, man. I, I, we really, uh, all Craig, me, all of us, uh, the, the the people who watch the show, listen to it, the segments when we put them back up, love the insight and the information you bring to it. You've been right there in the middle of those negotiations, contracts, grant of rights, et cetera. It's always great to have you on the show. Uh, my pleasure, guys, and uh, happy uh, holidays to, huh? to the three of you and all of your uh, viewers and listeners you too merry christmas happy new year bob thompson former fox sports ceo executive with us is one of the go-tos that we had and we needed it back when we first heard about texas and oklahoma the sec and and much more this has been a rogue media network production